Hello. Hello. And welcome to If welcome It's Gay to We Play. If it's Gay We Play. I literally almost said, Welcome to my favorite murder. This is not my favorite <laughs> murder. Contrary to popular belief, my name is not Georgia. And my name is not Karen. I'm actually Kai. My pronouns the, are they, them, theirs. My, I am the Karen of the podcast. Yes, I am the Georgia of this podcast. <laughs> my name and Aaron is the Elvis of the podcast. Yes, and, and Tori, Tori is, is the, the Steven. Steven. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron, do you want a cookie? <laughs> Whoa, anyway, that was really good. I make good cat sounds. You make super good cat sounds. So your like, name is Hannah, right? Yeah, my name, <laughs> my name is Hannah, and my pronouns are she, her, hers. Cool. And I spend a lot of time talking to my cat. Yeah. So you're very versed in her language. Yeah, I am learning to speak cat. No, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, before I met Tori and before I lived with Tori for a long period of time, when you told me. I understand the things that she's asking for and she meows. I was like, oh, my friend is a crazy person mm -hmm. uh, who says crazy things. Um, but now yeah. that I've lived with Tori and know exactly who she is and everything about her, uh, every aspect of her personality, every aspect of her personality, I know, she, um, yeah, she has, she has very specific meows when she's doing very specific things. Mm, like my favorite meow, they're so smart, is her bratty meow. Yeah, her little Yeah, she sounds kind of like Waluigi. Yeah. Yeah. She once made a noise that was almost exactly akin to that, uh, that my wah. cat, Waluigi. Perhaps. 11 signs that your cat is Waluigi. Now that's a BuzzFeed article I want to read. Yep. Hi, Tori. There she is. She heard me talking about her. Hey, sweetheart. Um, um yeah. <laughs> she, yeah, she has a little bratting meow. She has a very specific, I would I'm like hungry. to go outside now meow. Oh, yeah. Oh, hello, oh, young she lady. Is. She um, has a, Kai, please, please wake up. Please, yeah, she has a please wake up God. and feed me meow. She has a I'm hungry I'm meow. You're not asleep, but I'm very hungry meow. Mm -hmm. She has I'm bored meows. Um, she has I do not wish <laughs> to be picked up right now, even though you are in the process of picking me up meow. Yeah. Hi, baby. She's such a nerd. She's great. I love her Hi. so much. There she is. Oh, there's She's her. touching the mic. She's touching right next to yeah. the microphone. Um, so aside from cats, uh, something else that we wanted to talk about for our introduction was we've been watching a lot of The Staircase well, we recently. About, oh. I think before we talk about The Staircase, we should talk about you. And What have I done wrong <laughs> this time? <laughs> um, <clears throat> how you've been. You were not here last week. Because, I was here. Well, yeah. Um, I've been here the whole time. I haven't left the house in 10 days. Yeah, that's true. Uh, how you feeling, bud? Um, not great. The recovery is not going as well as I had hoped. Uh, we had to go back to the doctor and get more pain medication because I'm just in too much pain. Um, and yeah, it's been, it's been kind of, uh, depressing, but I'm here because I want to start doing things. I would like to mm -hmm. be doing things. Uh, I'm probably going to try to go for a walk later today if it's not continuing to be this hot because oh, we're all sitting here <laughs> oh great shoot maybe this evening uh, this is yeah this is also the special underwear episode of, yeah uh i'm the only one wearing a shirt yeah because fuck that and um, well i don't have any layers on under this so i it's your house <laughs> you're right but i would i would feel a little bit weird recording a podcast without a shirt for some reason because it feels very you know actually that's stupid i've performed on stage without a shirt yeah, many a time i was like you You've been mostly naked in your favorite coffee shop. Just on the for, front porch. Yeah, for the sake of theater. No, you're completely right. If, so. it, if it gets unbearable, we'll get there and I'll announce it to the viewing audience at home. Um, but yeah, yeah, things, things haven't been great for me, but I've been playing a lot of video games. That's true. Uh, so many video games. We have uh, that to talk about. My voice is so tight <laughs> right now. 
I very obviously sound like I'm on drugs, so whatever you're doing is fine. Dude, it's so tight. It's, it's so, so, tight. so fucking tight right now, brah. Um, it's because I just woke up, and that sleepy time tea has been giving me just incredibly bizarre dreams. So our close personal friend, Ellie, hello, Ellie, uh, is my herbalist, and uh, they created this sleepy time tea mix for me to help me get sleep because I've been having trouble sleeping uh, because I'm in pain, as as one does. Yes. And um, it's this incredibly strong and powerful, like, sleepy time tea where 15 minutes after you drink it, you're like... You're just like you're just like chill the fuck. You're out. so chilled out. I need to get some more from them because I think we're out. Um, yeah, it sounds like drugs, but it's, it's not, not drugs. It's, it's not just drugs. a lot of valerian mostly yeah. and mugwort and skullcap and yeah. shit. Calming, um, calming things. But anyway, yeah. What were we talking about? <laughs> how bad you feel? Right. The sleepy time tea. Um, and oh, it's weird dreams. Yeah, I've been having yeah, the strangest super dreams. Weird yeah, dreams. I had dreams about the staircase last night. Oh, weird. Yeah. So I the had, staircase yeah. is a documentary. Yeah, I had dreams that I was like working in a lab. Um, Whoa. Where I had to like analyze dog blood or something, but like. <laughs> I don't know. It was like weird. There was like a gas leak in the lab. It was like very realistic that I was working in this lab. Dude, that's wild. Yeah. And the other day I had very real, I keep having parts of my dreams being like very realistic, like conversations with people, which doesn't normally happen to oh, me. Oh, where you had that dream that we talked about what we were going to do on the podcast, but yeah. then we didn't really have that conversation. No, eventually we did. Obviously, we did. Yeah. Here we are. Here we are on the podcast yeah. today. Uh, but man. You know, this is now a uh, true crime dream podcast where no, I talk well, about how bad my body hurts. Kai wants to talk about the staircase so bad. I do so badly. We've been binging the staircase documentary over the past few days. Yeah, yeah. We're we're equally, I would say, we're equally as invested in true crime as we are video games. I would say I'm more invested in video games, um, but I'm extremely invested in true crime. Yeah, okay. All right. I'm, I'm my in. thing is I, I tend to get like extremely invested in things you know what i mean sure sure but i still think i'm more invested in video games yeah i don't but right now all i've been listening to are true crime podcasts so well here's the thing uh, most of the time we've been doing both at the same time yeah that's true yeah because uh, crash bandicoot is it like i'm so sorry isn't <laughs> like my brain something my brain registers as a real video game it's just something visual to do and like tactile to do while I listen to podcasts. Sure. I, I fully respect that. That's what Mass Effect Andromeda has been to me over yeah. the past nine days. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about the fact that Kai is against all odds playing Mass Effect Andromeda. Against all odds. Um, but first we wanted to talk about the staircase. I just wanted to, the main thing that I wanted. This is a true crime podcast. Yes. The main thing that I wanted to focus on with the staircase was the fact that like, I feel like a lot of the true crime podcasts that we've been listening to have we not... We really just listened to My Favorite Murder about Yeah, so many of them. All <laughs> we, of the true crime podcasts that we've that we been listening listen to. We've been listening to more about that specific one, but we've just listened to the My Favorite Murder Yeah, episode. yeah. Um, it's just, I, I feel very strongly that, like, uh, queer people are discriminated against in the legal system. Uh, oh, yeah. And no I, I think that, like, the people who were involved in the trial of Michael Peterson harped on the fact that he was bisexual mm-hmm. and the fact that he was like she said like one of the one of the prosecutors said in that lady with the crazy, with the crazy speed, eyebrows. speed eyebrows the diapole eyebrows yeah um, the diapole eyebrows said very specifically like i don't want to be offensive to but anyone but they were gonna have final six yeah that's exactly how she said it uh hannah and there is was filth from the south so 
Yeah, describing gay porn as filth is uh, very disturbing to yeah. me. I'm not trying to do an offensive accent. My family's from like the North Carolina, yeah, that's these, Tennessee these area. Your, your... All the people in the documentary have like the exact accent. That my... There's a woman... It was adorable, actually. Oh, I'm so sorry to interrupt you, but oh, this is I very started, cute. Because Hannah I... <laughs> slips into her home accent whenever she uh, listens to yeah. shows like this. Uh-huh. I should clarify, I am not from the South. My family's no. from the South. But I am a speech chameleon, and because my family's from, like, I'm from here, my family's from uh, New England and the South, California, the way that I talk is this bizarre amalgam accent that is several different accents from around the country, Mm -hmm. uh, mostly East Coast accents, but people, like, will frequently ask me, like, where are you from because of the way that I talk? And I'm like, here, I just talk funny. Um... But when I watch people talk with an accent that I'm really familiar with, like the southern accent, like that specific, like yeah, yeah, that south region. accent, um, I will start to slip into that accent when I talk or when I talk about them. Or totally. Like, there's certain things I say, like we have a regular who comes into the coffee shop, his name is Kyle, and I would say, hey Kyle, it's Kyle. Which is adorable. Kyle. I love that so much. Um, anyway, yeah, I, I just I just felt like uh, a, a big part of the reason why he was convicted, convicted yeah. was because of the fact that he was queer. Oh, totally, yeah. Uh, and like, and I, I just think that that was not talked about enough. Totally. Like, it wasn't... I think it, it was more of a focus of the documentary just by virtue of how the documentary was cut. Yeah, like, sure. I mean, and they're French. Like, yeah, they're French. And all... <laughs> the French are gay. All French are gay. At the very least, they're more chill with queer identities That's than we are. That's actually not that true. Right? Yeah, I've uh, I've heard from many people who've lived in France that depending I on where I think it depends are, on what region. Well, if you're in Paris, it's chill as fuck. Well, yeah, the, I think the documentary makers are from Paris. Probably. Who knows? I don't know anything about France. Don't quote us on that. Neither I definitely of us. won't, but you've heard that. If anything, that. Kai right. knows less about France I than I I definitely know less about France. I know more about Germany. Oh, totally, yeah, but we, <laughs> yes. I wouldn't argue that. Um, I'm just arguing what European countries I know more about than right, you. Right, sure. Um, we can have this discussion. Uh, yeah. And so it's more portrayed in the documentary, but we're, like, for instance, if you've listened to the My Favorite Murder episode about it. Who we love, by the way. Yeah, we, we love, love My, my Favorite, Favorite Murder. They have their problems, but I'm a big fan of their well, we have our problems. styling. Yeah, they're very funny. Um, I, I saw somebody on Instagram the other day who's like, complaining about the most recent episode of my favorite murder they're like they took this story from criminal but did a worse job telling it and i was and like was mad about that i was like yeah that's what they do that's, that's by their, their own job admission, is to tell that's cool what stories. they do they yeah. take stories that other people have told better and tell them funnier yeah they're not trying to tell the story like they're trying to sell the story well i mean they're performers in terms of performing it well yeah. but they're not trying to tell the story accurately i mean karen's or a journalistically. they both i mean they both are yeah karen is just more uh like karen a stand-up, stand-up comedian comic. is what i meant yeah yeah, yeah. um Sorry, again, I'm still on a lot of drugs right now, actually. No, you're fine. You're, you've been very lucid this Okay, whole good, time. good. Um, I'm trying. And uh, so they their big argument was about, they both think he's guilty. Yeah. Um, Kai and I both think he's not. Yeah. Um, we think he's maybe a big piece of shit. I think he's negligent. Yeah, I think he was potentially negligent, but I'm not convinced that he killed her. Um, you can at me. At the very least, I'm not convinced that the uh, state had enough evidence yeah, to, I don't, to convict yeah. him. I, I think that... The way that the documentary was presented, at the very least... Well, and because a big part of that... We're just we're just retelling the serious segment, I know. Yeah. A big part of the defense's whatever, uh, like, closing statement, and, like, a big part of their argument was the blood spatter analysis by that idiot who was later proven to just be... Dwayne Deavers. Dwayne Deavers, who has 
proven to be just a bald-faced liar. Yeah. Like, he had falsified, like, hundreds. Also bald. He was bald. Yeah. Um, and he had falsified, like, hundreds of cases. Or at the very um, least, uh, was, 32. Yeah, there was... I thought it was 64. Whatever. Uh, I had... I, I He was... He worked on 17 cases, and they had said in court that he had falsified 32. I heard 64 from another source. Yeah, so he had falsified at least 30 cases that yeah. they can prove, but who knows how many more. Because um, he just had no idea what he was talking about. He had no qualifications at all. He was not doing science. He was attempting to recreate results in order to support the prosecution's yeah, yeah. argument. Um, which, as you know, is 0% science. On a scale of 1 to science, that's not science. And it's not legal, also. Oh, no, that's, yeah. On a scale of 1 to crime doing, that's it's, crime that doing. That man is a crime doer. He's a, he's he's a, a lawbreaker, lawbreaker and a crime and a doer. Crime doer yeah. And I don't have time for it. I don't. Um... But Kai's in my perspective looking at it because we also, like Karen and Georgia, I think are, are like, they watch this unfold in real time. And Kai and I were but wee babs and did not um, watch this unfold Cute. in real time because I was busy being 10 years old when the uh, trial was happening. And I was seven. Yeah. Um, and so we are watching it from a later perspective and didn't have all the like media. Frenzy. And not only that, but we're watching it from a queer perspective. Right, we're watching it from a queer perspective. And I think from that perspective, like, it, it becomes a little more clear to me that this would have been a very different trial if he wasn't bi. Like, yeah, and it would have been a massively different trial if he wasn't white, too. Oh, like, totally, yeah. A big like, part of this documentary thing. is, like, a waking up for white people yeah, that white the people, system is unjust. Like, yeah, like, several of the people, like, Michael Peterson and his lawyer and stuff are like, oh, the system is flawed. I'm like, yeah, no shit. Uh, only a white person has to discover that oh, at age yeah, 60 yeah. or whatever. And not only that, but also the uh, the state and a lot of the, the people involved are super anti-Semitic. Yeah. I think, because David Rudolph is Jewish. Right, but we have no proof of that. They we have no proof anything. of that. No, no, no. That is wild conjecture. It's, it's just the way that they were reacting to a lot of the people who were involved in the trial seemed based on... Uh, um, prejudice. But the yeah. only proof, so, but the only, and that's partially just our bias coming from Colorado about sure. people in the South. And my own experience, having grown up partially in that area, and my own shithead family. <laughs> and my experience, having grown up partially in that lady, area. Yeah, the one shithead lady. Candace. Like, just can't, this hateful woman in the, in the whole proceedings, um, who literally looked like my aunt in 2003. Like the same... Which is horrifying to think about. Talbot's Republican bullshit. Uh, same haircut. It's just the Southern Republican homophobe lady outfit. Um, and there are just the wildly homophobic things being said about Michael Peterson. Like nobody calls him like faggot. Nobody calls him anything like that. But they repeatedly harp on like, he's gay. And like, first of all, he's bisexual. Um, by his own admission. Um... And second of all, like, it's, it's, yeah, the, like, description of, like, he had this, this just filth on his computer. Yeah. And it was just pretty, it was like, this is hard, pretty regular porn. porn. And they show it, like, flipping through yeah. it. It's pretty regular porn. It's I'm just, not describing it as particularly hardcore in the, like, official I've seen sense, hardcore gay porn. Right. Like, in the official sense, the difference between softcore and hardcore is, it's like, It's hardcore. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it like, it the, actually like, didn't show penetration that I yeah, saw. Yeah, it did. Did it? Yeah. Oh. There was some, whatever. But it was like pretty run-of-the-mill gay porn. Yeah. Like it was just dudes fucking. Um, or people with penises fucking. Um, dudes with penises fucking. Um, and <laughs> they... So that was the like... And like the, the notion that they had anal sex was so wild. It was very offensive, yeah. And offensive to these people. So I definitely think... I mean, 
I don't know, but I would assume based on Durham is a pretty podunk part of a pretty podunk state. Sorry about it, North Carolina. Um, you get a lot of really shitty laws on the books in reference to race and sexuality. And, uh, the, the, you know, the jury, it was impossible, I think, for the jury not to be swayed. And the media portrayal and fucking Nancy Grace going on her bullshit, um, who's a human piece of trash. Um, anyway, all of which is to say, I think whether or not he's guilty or innocent, seeing it now from the perspective of a queer person it is it is to me a much different experience and it is a different story like the story that i yeah. see being told is um he's an asshole sure he might have killed her whatever i think everyone involved in the trial no, is a complete, complete asshole but it it is more a, a queer man being on trial for murder certainly but like having his queerness weaponized against him oh yeah more so than anything else like that's what i focused on personally there was like the blood spot or what have you but like that's what i focused on in terms of i think it would have gone differently oh uh, sure i mean and that's how it relates not, to our podcast right <laughs> had you not been by or if that information had never come to light um because it really wasn't relevant at all to no what was going on not one bit nobody could prove that like kathleen saw the emails there was it was zero percent relevant what was happening they were just trying to characterize him as a liar he says that kathleen knew and of course the only two people who know that are kathleen and michael and michael is a liar and kathleen is dead so, yeah so anyway we're gonna we're gonna talk about video games we're now. gonna talk uh, about our podcast now we've just been watching the staircase and talking a lot about the staircase and i think this was a solid mind. introduction i yeah um i'll take it yeah the first 10 minutes is always is always like this it's always got to be like this Sure. That's the rules of podcasting. Is yeah, the, totally. Is the first ten minutes just has to be nonsense? Nonsense. Unrelated to the yeah um, topic of the podcast. Eighteen minutes and three seconds. Oh, so geez. the first eighteen minutes of your podcast. Whoops. Uh, if you don't, if you don't care about true crime, you can just skip to now. <laughs> they won't know that yeah. until now. Uh, yeah. I'll make a note of it. Yeah. Yeah, please do. Um, because we had a lot of strong feelings. Uh, but Hannah, what is the next question that we normally ask on the podcast? <laughs> Kai, what are you playing right now? What am I playing? Oh, Call Out Corner? Do we have any call outs? Oh. I haven't listened to the last episode. I have. I don't think so. Cool. It was a fun time. It was a blast. Addy was nice to talk yeah. to. I like Addy More a of lot. a shout out corner. Thanks, Addy, for being on our podcast. And hello, Charles. And hello, Charles. Um, hi, Charles. Hi, Charles. Uh, so what am I playing right now? Yeah. That's um, how this usually goes. Yeah, that is how this usually goes. I am currently... Kai is on Oxy still. I am currently playing Mass Effect Andromeda. Again, against all uh, odds. Against all odds, because it definitely yeah. does <laughs> have something to do with it. It's a much more enjoyable game when you're high the whole time. Yeah, that's the last time I played Mass Effect Andromeda, when I played most of it, was after my Wisdom Teeth surgery. Yeah. And I was also on Oxy and a lot of weed. I am also on a and lot I was of weed. high, so high, um, and that's when I played Mass Effect Andromeda. And that's why I was inspired to play it again, because I was like, well, Hannah looked like she was having a fucking blast when she was I playing on these drugs. I wasn't until even when I was high, I got very bored with Mass Effect Andromeda. Yeah, I've just been enjoying listening to podcasts while having right. something to do with my hands. I definitely should have utilized the podcast Yeah, it really helped. I think helped. I would have gotten less bored, because then it would have just been something to do with my hands. Anyway. But we'll get more into that. I wanna, yeah, there's more that I want to talk about with Mass Effect Andromeda. But yeah, I've been playing a lot of it. I've played probably over uh, almost three days worth of Mass Effect Andromeda now, like in game time. I've been playing it for like nine days, but I was checking yeah, my hours. Probably, yeah, 
I yeah. say, I, I would imagine you've played it for approaching 100 hours. Oh, most definitely. I mean, because the thing about me with video games is I'm a completionist, uh, and I will do every single quest that is available to a human being in the game that I can do, and I will discover all of the secrets, and I will take your game and pull it apart piece by piece until I have uh, eaten every 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 bit. Yeah. Hannah, what are you playing right now? healthy. Um, <laughs> I've been playing Crash Bandicoot. The Insane Trilogy. Tell I, me more. I beat Crash 2. Cortex, I was there. Cortex, it was amazing. Cortex, whatever. Crash 2. Wrath um, Cortex, yeah. And um, it's been, I mean, I beat it in terms of I got all the like main crystals. I haven't like gone back and gotten all the things because life is too short to be completionist about oh, yeah. Crash Bandicoot. I definitely agree with that. Is my way I approach video games is like, if I don't want to do it, I'm not going to do it. Um, which is why I started playing Crash 1. <clears throat> I'm so sorry I'm like this. And there's so, it's just all vocal fry this week. Um, I started playing Crash 1 and like three levels in, I was like, this is not a fun video game and I'm going to stop playing it. Um, and I played all of Crash 2, mostly for the nostalgia value. Now I'm playing Crash 3, which is already a like much more fun Crash game. All the mechanics are the same, but the level design is much better. Oh, it I looks think. very pleasing. Um, so it is much, much, much more fun so far, and there's more variety. In and the also, levels. you're very good at Crash Bandicoot now, now after <laughs> hours and hours of playing Crash Bandicoot. Yeah, <clears throat> I would describe Goodness. myself as pretty darn good at, at Crash Bandicoot. I now. would say so. Um, that's what I'm playing this week. Wonderful. Or lately, yeah, it's just Crash Podcast and Crash Bandicoot. It's also been fucking bananas hot. Here in Denver, Colorado. I currently have an ice pack on my legs uh, mm-hmm. to try to survive through and this I am podcast. Wearing only underwear. Tomboy um, X underwear. Tomboy in fact, X underwear. Uh, it's the most comfortable and breathable underwear that I think I've ever owned in my yeah, life. Yeah, it's uh, um, it fits all styles and all genders. All genders. Yep. Um, <laughs> we're still not being paid by them. No, but, but we love we're them. We like very to practice. Much. Um, and um. Yeah, that's what I'm playing. Kai, what's the gayest thing you've done this week? Oh, no. Um, struggle. <laughs> oh, God. oh, God. I'm God, gay. Not like this. Uh, struggle with accepting help from my friends. Yeah. Is that gay? I think that's actually the straightest thing you've oh, done no. this week. Oh, mm-hmm. no. That's the first time you've ever said that to me. I don't I think, have to tell you. That's um, very straight. Okay, okay, okay. I have, uh, last night, you had a very important sit-down conversation with me where I cried and you held me on the couch. Yeah. It was very sweet, and that I was, was pretty gay. gay. About graceful acceptance, and how you have to stop yeah. telling yourself about your own recovery. Yeah, and I and I cried a lot about that, and I think crying is gay. Mm-hmm. Yes. Do you want to ask me? No, I want to think about that for a couple more seconds. Oh, okay. It was just it was just a pleasurable pleasurable thought. Um, Anna, <laughs> what's the gayest thing that you've done this week? Um, that's a great question, because I've done a lot this week. Yeah, I've seen you. You've been going all over the place. Um, I emceed... It's <laughs> taken over all of my responsibilities in life. I've emceed Shakespeare again, which is very gay. That is very gay. Um, theater is gay. Shakespeare is gay. Beer is gay. Beer is gay. Beer is lesbian. Craft beer is lesbian. Craft beer is lesbian. Um, I have been, uh, in rehearsals for Henry the Fourth. Um, which, again, gay. Yes, very um, gay. Went to a, a rooftop party at a local club called Bar Standard. Yeah. Um, it was a blast. They, they, some homies were throwing a um, 
old school goth like Halloween in July party mm-hmm. at Bar Standard and on the roof. And all of Hannah's friends were there. All of our friends were there. Yeah, and I'm sick. A couple of our friends were there. I was three all of, our, of them. Three, and three of our friends were there. Addie was there, who you might know from the podcast. And everyone had like a really good time and the music was really Kai fun. Kai has a lot of FOMO. I was really sad that I missed this event. Okay, but I'm sorry. <laughs> we were dancing on the roof. It was great. The one um, downside was it was extremely hot outside. Yeah. So I got very hot and sweaty from dancing. And I was like, oh, I'll go step outside. And then I couldn't because I was already outside. Oh, no. Um, but the DJ, it was like a very, it kind of sounded like a Spotify playlist of goth hits. But it was like banger after banger. It was totally like Sisters of Mercy and Susie. And then also it was like a Beetlejuice themed thing. Your close personal so, friend Susie. Uh, my close <laughs> personal friend Susie. Um... And so they played some uh, Harry Belafonte, as they always do, and there's mm-hmm. a jump in the line, Congo line, as sure, there sure. always is, uh, at those sorts of things. I love that. I love that about goth it's culture. Great. Yeah, is that we we aren't afraid to form a Congo line yeah. if it's a Beetlejuice-themed event. Correct. Um, yeah, that was the other gayest thing I've done this week, is dance. All the friends I was with were queer, so. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's the ideal situation. Queers, goth and gay, um, on a roof. Dancing on roofs is gay. I love... Drinking and dancing on roofs. I love rooftop parties. I love rooftop parties. I love rooftops. I love rooftops. I love parties. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I just love hanging out with my friends. Aaron is looking at us like, like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> what has this podcast become? This is your podcast, Bullshit, on, this is your podcast on drugs. This is-, <laughs> this is your podcast on opioids. Yeah. You're um, not wrong. Um, what happens next? <laughs> oh, Jesus. I'm sorry. I really have had a very big problem with like short-term memory loss. No, I know. Um, because you're very high. Always twenty-four-seven, um, baby. Do you remember what we said we were going to talk about last night? Uh, yes, vaguely. I I do. I do remember like the the way the shape of it, and I remember the, the way that it feels. Water. No, oh, that's a. I just gleeked all over the. Um, that's a word I haven't screen. heard in a long time. That yeah. was great audio. I'm sure. <laughs> Loved Great. it. Wonderful. Excellent. Um, we you were gonna talk about Mass Effect Andromeda and I'm killing your queer, gaze. A little bit of burying your gaze. A little bit of burying your and gaze. And queer storylines. I need to look up that guy's name. Okay. Um This was mostly your idea, so No no no, I know. I, I have a very good memory for my own ideas because they're uh ingenious. Um because they're great. Mass Effect. Uh it was the Turian Turian Pathfinder. His name so, matters less, but... What matters less? His name. It matters to me. Okay. Um, Avatus Rix is uh, his name. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> um, I'm going to fucking go for go it. Go for it. I just stole Kai's cold brew over the... Uh, it doesn't taste very good to me. Uh, so basically in Mass Effect Andromeda... It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. Um, in Mass Effect Andromeda, there are Pathfinders, right? Who are some of the, like major uh figures in exploring yeah, the this new galaxy with, like exploring first yeah and, and like helping find new worlds in, in yeah yeah in helios um and so basically one of the storylines is that the uh turian arc has like gone missing or whatever and you yeah, have they, to find you are it. the human arc obviously yeah because you're a human because and the other yeah. all the other the slurian the turian and the asari arc have gone missing yeah um so in the process of like finding the Turian arc, you meet this guy, uh, Avatus Rix, um, 
who talks about his partner, Mason, who, like, was the original Pathfinder on the Turian arc, right? Um, Mason spelled with a C, so it's space. I see, um, yeah, yes. So it's all sci-fi. So it's all sci-fi and Turian-esque. Um, and these are, like, two of the main queer characters in this game. They're, like, the two people who I can think about in this game. Keep in mind, short-term memory loss. The two uh-huh. people I can think about in this game who are NPCs who are not in your main party who are confirmed queer and talk about being queer and in a queer relationship. Mm-hmm. And um, Mason, spoiler alert, ends up dead. And Avitus Rix ends up having to become the new Pathfinder. And it was just so uh, irksome to me that this situation of like killing mason and the two main like npcs who are queer experience that as a plot device like they literally could have done that for any other arc they could have done that for straight people or they could have just not killed them fascinatingly they could have just not done it i mean yeah they could have like there are so many other options that they hasn't quite caught on to is you just don't have to kill queer characters and you don't have to kill anybody to, in order to have plot drama. Yeah, you it was... You don't have to die in order to have drama for your plot. And pretty much because Andromeda is not a well-written game in the, no. like, 50 hours I played, pretty much all the plot drama so far comes from people dying. Yes. Um, so anyway, it was, just, it was just very uh, frustrating to me that Bioware kind of has not really fully learned their lesson from... Uh, from critical reception of their games about like killing killing yeah. queer characters. Well, wasn't it a different team that worked on Andromeda? I don't remember. I'm, but, I mean, I'm sure it was, but like it, it's just such an overused like plot device, and it's just so useless in the general like theme of the story to choose specifically that like queer characters have to, to die. die. Yeah, um, and especially because I can't think of another example in the Mass Effect franchise where there are characters of that import who are queer like besides your party yeah yeah party, which again um like your like i was talking about yeah this is part of what i'm going to talk about yeah is your shepherd can be queer but you don't that's not like an identity that you talk about we've talked about that a little bit before like you can you know romance ladies or dudes or what have you um or aliens um uh as shepherd of of any gender, mm-hmm. um, or they only present you two options. So it's either gender they yeah. present to you. Um, and sorry, I'm patting the cat very. Vigorously. No, I know it's very important. She's having a great time. She um, is. Um, so you can have those those romances, but you don't get to like interact with the world. As you a don't queer have an person. identity as a yeah, queer person. You don't get to, it's yeah, just you don't get like to have an identity as a queer person. Sexual orientation. You yeah. don't get to have an identity like you don't get a sexuality based identity like you right. would in real life. And I understand that it's like a fictional futuristic universe or whatever, but it's just but weird other when other people do, do have that identity. That's why it's bullshit. That's yeah. why because that exists it clearly exists in that yeah. universe. Um, but you as Shepard don't get to I really want to see a game, especially a Bioware game. Hi baby. Mm. Kiss her little head. Kiss her little head. Um, I want to see a Bioware game or a choice-based game in general where you get to interact with, like, the choices that you make in your sexuality, your, your gender, your race, or what have you mm-hmm. really influence the way that you interact with the world. From what I've heard, again, this is all rumor, from what I've heard, there is more of that in, there's supposedly going to be more of that in the new Dragon Age game. Uh, which I think in general, the Dragon Age games are a little bit better about addressing that nuance. I would say so. Um, Where you are going to have actual consequences for, like, I think we've talked about this, but if 
because it's set into winter, if mm-hmm. you bring like an elf with you into the city or whatever, yeah, there'll be reactions. Like, there'll be a, a reaction like the elf yeah. companion won't be treated like shit because that's how elves are treated in winter. Yeah. Like elves are pretty much the slave class into winter, and that's the only place you see elves into winter. I mean, in my opinion, I want to talk more about this. It's uh, it's not only the main character like Shepard or Ryder. It's also a lot of your companions are not given identities based oh, on their totally. sexuality. Like, I'm thinking specifically of like. PB and Vetra, it, it who are the two, um, who are two of the three like romanceable lady lady companions mm-hmm. on your uh, on your ship, and Suvi is one of your pilots, right? And uh-huh. she is given an identity as like a queer woman, like yeah. she is lesbian and she cannot be romanced by a male writer. Does she? Um, so is she get? Does she talk about that? Or I actually did not realize that until I looked it up. Uh, but I think that she does talk about that a bit, but it's yeah, definitely talks, not as it's like different. Somebody being unable to be romanced by the other gender, you know, the other gender, right? I'm in yeah, the other yeah, gender in that the they, game. option that they give you, um, is different from them actually having a stated yes, identity. Most definitely. Um, like an example is because I think again, Dragon Age is better about this. Sure, sure. In Inquisition, Sarah openly talks about being a lesbian. Being lesbian, like yeah. she doesn't use those words, but no. she says that she's only into girls. Like, yeah, um, and I think Suvi says something similar. But what's uh, upsetting to me is kind of bisexual erasure. Like bisexual oh, totally. is, and pansexual is treated as a non-identity mm-hmm. because these people don't talk about their attraction in those ways like totally, they yeah. it's just that they're open to be romanced by both genders all yeah. every time that i'm using that it's in quotations right. Again, because we, i i think i obviously know that there's more than two right. genders we are talking about the the two genders that they that give are you. available to you in these games yeah. oh, we, um we don't need to address that again. so so like the fact that vetra never talks about the fact that her sexual orientation goes in a variety of ways because she's also attracted to humans. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's... Yeah, there's nothing which is addressed about, like, xenophilia no. and how... Cause that and that's is a also little, queer. Yeah, that's totally queer. And that, again, as a counterexample, is is sort of addressed in Inquisition. Yeah, with, uh, with uh, there's several Iron char- Bowl. Yeah, there's several characters that a talk about their that uh, talk about their attractions to various genders mm-hmm. and talk about their attractions to various races. Yeah. So like Solus Solus is an asshole. Sure. Solus is a piece of shit, but Solus talks about how he is only attracted attracted to elven women. Like he he states that. He talks about And you about can only that. romance him in that game if you are a female uh, Elf. elven warden. Warden? No, fuck, inquisitor. Inquisitor. Yep. Please. Um, and, uh, and Iron Bull talks openly about, about being pansexual. he's into what the fuck ever. Yeah. Um, and the other characters, the other NPCs react to you being with Iron right. Bull because... And, like, Colin talks about how yeah. he's not really into Kunari. Yeah, because he's a Kunari. Colin? Iron, Iron Bull. No, I just said Colin. No, I was, I was, I was continuing my train of thought. Oh. Because he's a... <laughs> okay. Um, Be- because I wasn't done talking because he's a Kinari, um, the other NPCs react to you being with him because of the history with the, the political history yeah. of relations with the Kinari. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and, it's like yeah. surprising that you as a non Kinari, if you're playing as a non Kinari right. person, um, are with this This Kinari. This Kinari, yeah. And it's, it's also Inquisition does a little bit more of the world. Not fully, but the world does react to you differently. Yes. Depending on what race of Inquisitor yes. you play. Not really gender, because there's a little bit more gender equality, at least in 
Ferelden. Yeah. Um, there is a little bit of like st- statement related to like there's a woman leading the Inquisition, but yeah. also you're supposed to be like some many people believe that you are the reincarnation of Andraste, yeah. who is that world's lady Jesus. So here's the thing, yeah, Jesus was a lady in this world. Yeah. And there are a lot of female leaders. There's a lot of lesbian leaders in this world, mm-hmm. including of Orlay. Yeah. Like well, she's the queen is lesbian. I thought she was pan or bisexual. I I think canonically she is lesbian in a relationship with that uh, elven well, woman. Well, no, no, no. I know she's in a relationship with the elven lady, but I didn't think she was... I thought she was canonically lesbian. She might be. I, I, I read that recently, so yeah, that's why I, I was I thinking that. You. If she's not, the I apologize. Of Orlang. Um, and, yeah, there's very powerful lesbians. Um, so that means that, like, women have more agency in this world. Yeah, depending on what... Again, and, and, and there's more nuance to, like different nations like there's a lot more oh yeah yeah out to how different nations treat at least in sexuality and how different nations treat the varying races of this world like Mm -hmm. elves are shot on pretty much regardless yeah um but there's places where like um like i think it's is it in ravine where the keon was never totally like ousted so like there's a lot more like acceptance i think that's it yeah yeah and sexuality and what have you is different in all those places uh ravine sounds parody it's a matriarchal society they're all pirates it sounds just paradisic um it's basically themiscira um nerd except Uh, everybody is has very beautiful dark skin in ravine yes um and we have very beautiful olive skin in greece but um um or (laughs) themiscira which is you know i got very distracted by thinking about uh Themyscira and Ravine, oh, yeah. both of those places. Yeah. Um, we should watch Wonder Woman. Yeah, we should watch Wonder Woman. Uh, fuck, where were we? Um, <laughs> to get to do the no, podcast. Most def- that's constant. That's a constant this concern. You should just finish that. Good. No, I know it's not good, but you're drinking it. Um, 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 fuck. But so, in, in Mass Effect, there's much less... Th- there's much less discussion of identity yeah, surrounding sexuality. So there's there's much less... And I think that could you could try to write that off as well. It's a it's, it's, future. it's the future and things are better now. But it identity is sometimes addressed. Just sometimes it's arbitrary whether Here's they address the thing. it or not. I, I don't know if I've t- so there's a couple things that I want to touch on before um you interrupt me. Uh so <laughs> something that <laughs> I love this new noise that you're making, by the way. It's great and hilarious. Um so funny. You're very <laughs> funny. Um Waluigi. <laughs> it's Sorry? I don't know. That was very ASMR. Fuck. Just, okay, so... This is a new segment. It's called ASMR Waluigi. Sexual orientation and identity surrounding sexual orientation are two very different things. And I often use myself as an example. Um, I am sexually attracted to people of all genders. Like, I am physically... Uh, like, I experience attraction on a physical level to people of all genders, and on a mental level too, I guess. Yes. But I identify as a lesbian because I don't want to be with men. And I always have to add this, and I don't like that I always have to add this, men of all sorts, cis men, trans men, men. I do yeah. not want to be with men. Um, and that those are two different things. My identity... Like, my sexual identity is lesbian, but my attraction, like, my sexual orientation goes is in, attract- is attraction to, like... Attracted to many... But I don't identify genders. as pansexual or bisexual. Right. Um, because that those aren't identities that feel right to me. And similarly, there is a very well-documented history of uh, men, like cis men, who identify as straight, who engage in homosexual relations with other men. 
and their sexual identity might be straight, might be heterosexual, but their orientation Mm -hmm. is much more multifaceted than that. Yeah. This is a well-documented theme in queer, uh, like, history is in America and in the Western world, it's a very unique facet of our queer identities that they are identities. Mm Because in so many other places... It, you're you're like it's not an identity marker to be queer right in in other places that have developed differently and had a different history of queerness you just are attracted to who you're attracted to and that has no bearing mm-hmm. on what your identity and is western but, colonialism has sort of imposed that yes imposed that on world, other cultures like and well, international yeah. queer theory is a very difficult area of study because other places either don't have queer identity or don't have the same types of queer identity right, like that we do and don't can, yeah, yeah yeah so it's very difficult because we consider the fact that our queer attractions are also identities as uh, an inborn fact of queer attraction when in reality that is culturally developed. Like if you take a Marxist approach to that, you realize that those things have been culturally Mm -hmm. created. It's also a relatively new concept. It is. The idea of queer attraction and queer identity. It started in the 1800s. Yeah. um, uh, With earnings. Totally. Um, And... The, I mean, even the term homosexual is, is a, so new. Is a very new term. 19, but the term nineteen in the early nineteen hundreds. Um, I thought it but, was the nineteen twenties. No, it was the early. That that is the early nineteen hundreds. I think in my brain. I, I think it was the early nineteen hundred. So, and the term heterosexual is actually invented after the term homosexual. Right, because the other is always yes. The term for the other is always invented before Named the first. term for yeah. the quote unquote. Default. So, so basically, the the history of it. Uh, I'm sorry that I'm forgetting this right now because I'm on drugs. But like homosexual and heterosexual were both medical designations to uh, put a name to perversity. Totally. But it was only later that the term heterosexual was reclaimed as an identity marker by people who identified as straight. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, and and forever and ever, there's whole plays about it. Like, um, the example that's popping in my mind is Richard III. Mm-hmm. And in that play, a huge the whole plot is Richard's boyfriend is, they're trying to kill him because... Like, in olden days, the olden times, uh, pretty much all, probably not pretty much all, but uh, most, it was like an accepted fact that, like, leaders of these nations, like kings of England and what have you, um, had lovers of similar and varying genders. Mm-hmm. Um, they had their wives or their husbands or what have you, but then separately they had li- wife or um, lovers of varying genders. Mm-hmm. There wasn't an identity attached to that. There was nothing That's attached thing, yeah. to it. It was just of something that you knew. You didn't really talk about it, mm-hmm. but it was just something that everybody accepted and knew. Like you read Richard the Third, which was written relatively close to its time. Yeah, by noted homosexual Shakespeare. Um, <laughs> And, or probably noted pan or bisexual. Yeah. Um, imp- possibly noted not a real person. <laughs> G- come at me. I like saying that because it's controversial. No, it's funny. Um, and uh, that it was written of its time and it's, there's no like, oh, he's gay. That's not the plot It's not of the an play. identity. It's not the identity and that's not the drama. The drama of the play isn't that he has a lover who's a dude. It's that... It's the political intrigue surrounding, like, he put this lover who's a dude who had basically no political qualifications at all into all these offices, and people got pissed off Was about that Richard III? Pretty sure that's Richard III, because we watched that. Remember in um, Liz Jack, we watched that video, that weird dance video? I thought that video. was Edward the. Oh, you're right. That is Edward. It's not Richard III. Yeah, it's not it's cause Richard III. The fourth. the fourth. Yeah, because Richard the Third is about the the evil king. The yeah, you're right. Okay, not Richard the Third. I just said the wrong name for the play. Yeah. 
Um, it's white guy name number. Yeah, so uh, I'm glad that I remembered that because I knew that what you were saying was wrong, but I wanted to yeah, think about it before Edward I corrected the, you. I think it's, it's Edward, Edward the Fourth. Or is it um, Edward the Third? It's an no, Edward. it's Edward the Fourth. Okay. Um, I feel pretty confident about that, but we can double check. No, uh, I believe you. Um, so, anyway, so basically, like the the history of sexual orientation as identity is uh, uniquely like new. I, it, in this sense that we understand it now, it's relatively novel. Um, so basically, I think what I'm getting at here is the fact that these characters in Mass Effect Andromeda, the vast majority of them don't have identities based on their sexual orientations, feels like erasure, especially yeah. in the context of these uh, non-monosexual, like bisexual or pansexual characters yeah. like Vetra and PB and... Um, yeah. Well, in many of the romance options, you many get of the throughout romance. the series. Yeah. There's, I don't, I don't think. I correct me if I'm wrong. Throughout the original Mass Effect trilogy, that you have any like main romance options because like Trainer is a lesbian. She doesn't state Samantha that. Trainer, yeah. Yeah, but she only, um, she's only attracted to women. She does talk about that. I mean, Caden um, actually deals with his sexuality in the third game. If you are playing as a male shepherd. Uh, he has to come to the realization that he is queer totally. um, and struggles with that right. to an extent well, because he's gonna, attracted yeah. to you. What I was going to say is that Trainer's the only example I can think of, but none of the like main crew companion romance options are... Exclusively monos- queer? Are exclusively queer, yeah. There's monosexual people who, who are, are straight. exclusively straight. Like Garrus. But no monosexual people who are exclusively queer. Mm. In your main companion romance options. It was Kelly. No, Kelly was bisexual. Um, Kelly's bisexual and also not a main romance option. By exclusively queer, you mean monosexually exclusively queer, right? That's what you said? Right. All of them, yeah. Monosexually exclusively queer. So like lesbian or gay. Yeah, like lesbian Um, or gay. Steve Cortez is also exclusively gay. Yes, but he's not a companion No, 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 he's not. I'm just just thinking of characters. He's exclusively gay and trainers. So in three, there's two people who are exclusively gay that you can romance. Yes, that that happens Uh, more in three than it does in any other game. um, Three is a better game, Konami. Yes, uh, correct. Um, Two is the best game, but three is is a very good game. Two is the most superior game. Fight me. Um, okay. Three is the one of the most superior game, arguably, by virtue of the Citadel DLC, which is the Citadel the DLC is saying you can never treat yourself yes. to playing with your own two hands. I love that DLC with my entire heart, and I think about it constantly. I think about it every day. I genuinely think about it before I go to sleep at night. It's, it's very so calming. Beautiful. It's so pure. I'm gonna play Mass Effect today, but like a good Mass Effect. If you don't want to play your bad Mass Effect, I'll play my good Mass Effect. I want to beat my bad Mass Effect. Okay, I'm you beat so your bad close. Mass Effect, and I'll play my Crash Bandicoot, and then I'll play good Mass yeah, Effect, yeah. and that'll be our reward. Cool, good. Um, anyway, <laughs> until I have rehearsals. Yeah. And by rehearsal, I mean we're having a movie now. So, um, can we take a break so I can pee? Yes. Okay. I can just vamp. Can you? While you're gone. Aaron, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. Yeah? I'm busy. Okay. You yeah. seem a little, um, I don't know. Tired? Yeah. Yeah, I was up till like 5 a.m. Oh, yeah. Do you feel, are you hungover today? No. Oh, good for you. No, no, no. I had a lot of time to drink water and uh, all that. But the problem is I had coffee at about 8 p.m. Yeah, when we were at the Hornet. Yeah. And when you have coffee at 8 p.m., that tends to keep you up until 5 a.m., no matter how yeah. much you want to go to bed. That's true. I, yeah. I fell asleep at, like, 3 because I had my wicked sleepy time team, but I'm also developing a tolerance to coffee mm-hmm. now because I work at a just coffee shop. Mm-hmm. Shop Speaking with. of which, I need to apply to work at that uh-huh. very same coffee shop. Yeah, it does. 
Uh, holla at your boy if you got a well paying job out there. In in the Denver in, greater in Denver the area. Greater Denver area. Holla at your boy. My skills are writing. Um, fart noises. Uh huh. And uh, I can make a mean cup of espresso. Yes. And I can pour a beer. I actually get lots of people tell me I pour a great beer. There you go. Perfect. So. What are you playing right now, Erin? What am I playing? Well, I'm playing Horizon Zero Dawn, which Ooh. I, I like very much. Um, the beginning is fantastic, and then, like, once you get past, like, once you get into the giant open world, um, there's, I don't know, it's weird. There's, like, a lot of world, and not a lot of, like, quests for hmm. something that also wants to be an RPG. Sure. Huh. And it doesn't really have, like, full RPG elements, it's kind of like a tree that you're going to pretty much get everything in by the time you're done. It's like Shadow of Mordor. Okay. But it, it's, the combat against the machines is really great, and the combat against the humans is not fun at all. Ah. Oh. Um, but yeah, I'm just like getting back into the story again, because um, there's like a dead zone in the middle where you have to level up to like get to the next quest that area. That sounds like World of Warcraft. It's like... It's kind of like, I don't know what to compare it to. It's like a third-person Far Cry meets Shadow of Mordor meets... It just sounds like more grinding than I would expect. It's not really grinding. Like, there's a lot of crafting and looting stuff. There's not a lot of grinding, I wouldn't say. Uh, it's just... Yeah, I don't know. It, you, you definitely... It's just kind of a slow pace. That the combat is not slow paced. I just wish there was more content and more varied content. Mm. And the storytelling at the beginning is fantastic, um, but then it kind of drops off. Gotcha. So I don't know. It, it feels like perhaps, and it's Ubisoft, right? I don't I think so. Um, but it feels like perhaps. I f it feels to me that um, you know, Guerrilla Games, I don't know <laughs> what that is. Sony Interactive. Okay, so it's a. Okay, well they haven't done. They did Killzone. They did the Killzone. Oh, series I remember the Killzone series. Like. Huh. Basically, I it just seems like it. this was rushed. Maybe like they had this idea and they were really killing it at first and had like a lot of like uh, great stuff happening and then kind of rushed the middle. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. But it's fun. It's worth playing if you like open world games and fighting robots. It's pretty cool. I do like both of those things. Yeah, that's true. That um, was Aaron's game reviews. Haha, thanks. Um, I'm back. You're back. So, uh, yeah, all of that is to say that, like, I think the Mass Effect universe doesn't commit really strongly to a choice because I think you either have to build a world where... Um, and, like, Identities Andromeda, exist. Right. I think Andromeda specifically, because they, they, it's like they make progress in three and then just throw that in the garbage in an Andromeda. I mean, in, especially with their, like, plot building. Oh, totally. I mean, Andromeda, again, is a very poorly written game. It's just a bad written game. Yeah, I It's I a don't... mediocre game overall. The writing is atrocious. There's just a period of time, similar to Horizon Zero Dawn, actually, where the, the plot gets so <laughs> slow that I was uh, completely turned off by the game. Like, before you get to... Um, before you get to Katara, right? Before you get to Katara, Katara, it's... Before you get to Katara and have to um, <laughs> learn waterbending from her. It's a good one. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, before you get to Katara... <laughs> Avatar references. Yes. 
uh, Anna's avatar corner. I love that everything is a corner these days. Um, mm-hmm. The game just slows down so dramatically, and you have to do like side quests. I was convinced that like I had fucked something up somehow, or like I had done something wrong it's to so slow. to bring this curse upon myself. Um, but it turned out I hadn't, and it was just a poorly written game. Mm-hmm. It definitely it definitely picks up like as as time goes on. Um, but it's just not only is the plot poorly written, but the characters are poorly written mm-hmm. as well. They all seem uh, and I, flat. They're very flat, and I have no real uh, connection to mm-hmm. any of them. PV is probably the most engaging character out of all of them, um, but she's just kind of written as like... A, a, all of them are just kind of stereotypical representations of... People like PP is almost like a manic pixie. I was gonna, I was thinking about that. She is a little bit a manic pixie space dream girl, and Vetra is a total mommy, and that's why I romanced her. Yeah, but it's just the romances are very, very unfulfilling because the one thing that that happened was we went to like a little mountain on Kadar and we climbed it, and she was like, Is this between us? Is this real? And you have the option to like be like, It's totally real, and then kiss her and be like, Is that real enough for you? And she's like, yeah, and then that's it. And when you engage with her back on the ship, there is no reference made to the fact that you two are together or anything. You just go up to her, and she's yes. like, how's it going? You're like, good, nice seeing you around. And she's like, yep, and then you don't. Yeah, that's no good, because no. one of the, I mean, the, here's the big cells of Bioware. Yes. Great, well-rounded characters, yes. including your main character, especially in Mass Effect. And Ryder sucks. Ryder sucks. Um, Ryder is an irritating 23-year-old, which I have no interest in playing haven't. I've been an irritating 23-year-old. I am an irritating almost 23-year-old. Yeah, been there, done that. Thanks very and, much. And uh, because of the fact that I'm not 23, people do still like me. But as soon as I hit that Well, no one likes you when you're 23. Exactly. Um, thank you for picking up on my reference. Uh, yeah. Like but like, you tried to warn us. Ryder is poorly written, I think. Yeah. And they has are. very few interesting character traits about them. And it's just not engaging to play as them like the other day when i was playing i just had this extreme longing to be shepherd in that moment because yeah. i was like shepherd actually matters like shepherd yeah. actually as interesting like we make jokes about stuff that shepherd would do in the ways that yeah. shepherd is we're like oh shepherd's sort of this regardless type of, of how you play yeah like shepherd like there's a whole community like a fan base that has jokes about like shepherd, shepherd type things yeah. yeah and like the way that shepherd no is. don't you dare um is there a leaf on the ground? No, she just looked up at, like, she was going to no, jump on that. It's um, the cat. Um, but anyway, yeah, so, like, Ryder has none of those character traits besides yeah. being kind of obnoxious and ignorant about the world around them. Yeah. Um, and it, getting back to what I was saying before. Oh, yeah, sorry. No, it, it's good. We're all over the map today. Um, is that, yeah, it doesn't make a strong choice towards whether this is a world where the post-sexuality world yeah. where identities just aren't, like your sexuality isn't an identity anymore. But There's other like, identities. In queer utopia, that's where it is. Like your sexuality, um, either your identity is incidental and personal um, or like your sexuality is just a thing about you and your identity and like your gender is just a Ooh, thing about you. I don't know if I feel that that's queer utopia. I think it's queer, uto- I think it's queer utopia where it's, it's just, it doesn't need to come up. Like, it doesn't matter. I like my identity as a queer person. I like my identity, too, but I think... I don't know, like... I think that about? identities would still exist, but there wouldn't be any negative stereotypes surrounding them. Right. Well, I just think, like, in gender... The end of Gender Rack, for me, is an example of, of queer utopia because mm. those ghosts are talking about how, like, they... When there was... 
Like we've tied, this is a longer conversation, but we've talked it before about is. whether we think queer is a reactionary identity and whether that would still exist if there was nothing to react against. Um, and that's hotly debated in the field of mm-hmm. queer theory. And I think that's a, a longer discussion. It definitely is time. that we don't have time for today. But Andromeda doesn't make a choice towards whether this is a post-sexuality world or whether this is a world with defined sexualities because it's it seems like the defined sexualities are only addressed when it's convenient to the plot. Yes. Um, and or when it's tragic. Because even Steve Cortez is gay. And he's gay because it's tragic. Like yeah, his husband died. Yeah, he's gay because died. it's tragic. He's gay because his husband died. And that and that is yeah. uh con- like that's an interesting thing about Steve Cortez. So he has some character development because I right. guess they couldn't think of anything other than having a dead husband to make right. him an Steve interesting Cortez and engaging character. Had, they could have just made like James and Steve Cortez husbands. And that would have been adorable and far the better. Sh- yeah, the ship. And that would have given James anything interesting about him at all. Besides calling you Lola. Yeah. Um, and being voiced by Freddie Prince Jr. Which is interesting. Which is hilarious. Yeah. Um, and what are you eating? Hey. Stopper. Hold on. Cat. <laughs> Stopper. But, um, yeah, so, like, it's just frustrating to me that so often in video games, uh, the other video game that I wanted to talk about was, was Fear Effect, um, Oh, which yeah, was which a... was made in like well, we were going to talk. Oh, I, th- I'm I think sorry. we've gone yeah. off. I don't think so. Those rails a little bit, but what we were originally going to talk about a little bit like characters in general that have defined sexualities, especially like main player characters, because very often as a at you, your main player character in games that are not choice based have a defined sexuality if they are straight. Yes. Um, like there will be a, a heterosexual romance regardless of whether it's relevant to the plot. Uh, in a non-choice-based game. Which we've talked about before. Right. And the only example I could think of off the top of my head of a, a game where that is reversed, where your character, it's not choice-based, your character has a divine sexuality and that sexuality is queer, is The Last of Us. Yeah. Um, and the DLC and Last of Us 2, where Ellie, uh, which of course hasn't come out yet, but Ellie has a defined sexuality. She is queer She's a main character in the game, and it's not choice-based. Well, not yeah, you don't you have play, a choice about yeah, if she's queer or not. Yeah, you don't play her as queer. She's queer regardless of... It's regardless. You're playing a story where the character is queer. And the only other game that I know about that has a, uh, a specifically, like, sapphic character like that is Fear Effect 2. Um, and it, that I've came out in 2001. Um, and I only know this because I've done a lot of research into queer identities in video games, like, historically. Um, and the reason that it is thought that that character is lesbian and like has a partner is because of the fact that it was enjoyable for male players to watch Mm -hmm. uh straight male players to watch um and my my current working understanding of why this is the case is why it is primarily choice-based video games where you get have the option of being queer is because of the fact that like we've talked about before it's a well-known fact in the gaming industry that most that games in general are marketed to straight cis uh able-bodied white men um and the the conception is that that particular market does not want to see queerness especially right. like um like male like queer like gay queerness mm-hmm. like not necessarily male but whoever identifies as like ma- masculine gay type uh-huh. um queerness uh because that is seen as to reference the staircase filth or yeah. just things that you don't want to engage in and uh-huh. then uh like sapphic it's not queerness fetishized. yeah sapphic queerness is, is fetishized disgusting but it's also fetishized you have to be a very specific kind of 
you have to be a woman, number one, a cis woman, and then you also have to look a very specific kind of well, way. Well, I think, like, I think sapphic queerness is fetishized in the abstract. Like, I think, obviously, like, lesbian porn is so popular. But when you see it in but, real life... Uh, but in my experience, and it, I'm sure in your experience as well, it's like, sapphic queerness is fetishized in the abstract. People are like, oh, can I watch? And like, oh, like, you're a lesbian? Like, let's talk about chicks. But when they actually see you with a partner or like hear about your love for your partner or just see you holding hands or kissing on the street or whatever, then it becomes disgusting. It either becomes like you get catcalled and harassed in that way or it becomes like violently disgusting once it becomes real and not about sex for the male gaze. It becomes about love and sex with one another as sapphic people. I definitely think that uh, people were capable of continuing to objectify me if I was with a partner like on the street totally yeah um, and I don't think that because I think to uh, to a massive degree people who are women or people who are perceived to be women are still not people I mean obviously oh, totally. so you're able to like uh, objectify us in that in that way totally, yeah um and I think, it, at least in my experience, being out and about, it's uh, uh, like a harassing sort of objective. Oh, yeah. I mean, because like I haven't always been butch. Mm -hmm. And I think definitely I get far, I, I am like, I, I'm passing sometimes. I'm, I'm far less harassed in that objectifying manner now that I look and present a particular way. But definitely when I was with partners before, the objectification was horrific. And especially when I identified as bisexual, like even among friends or acquaintances, because of the fact that I was not like exclusively lesbian, people saw that as an in. Right, totally, yeah. And that's that's a whole thing. Yeah. I uh, mean bisexual people are seen as like hypersexual and available to everyone. Right, yeah. Um Which sucks. Yeah. Um I sort of lost my train of thought about ask I mean the thing is like that all connects to the intended audience the the yeah. uh, assumed audience of these video games is that the only time that sapphic sexuality is portrayed or used especially in main characters especially when you don't have an option about it is in a fetishized way and mm -hmm. then when queer like uh like male or male adjacent uh sexuality is is portrayed it's uh to be made fun of it's mm -hmm. like as as a joke like I think very often of that game that I played like for a very short period of time when I was a young person called Enchanted Arms. And I remember that so very distinctly because there was a queer, uh, conceivably like a, per, like shown as male character um, who was made fun of, like uh, had the effeminate voice and like did the things that like gay people do. Yeah, the like, uh, stereotype. The, the stereotype of the gay man, and it was used for comedy. Mm -hmm. And that the the one time that gay men are allowed to be in video games that are not choice based is when um, they are used to reinforce the other character's heterosexuality, uh, because that's that's just kind of what gay men are used for in a lot of media. Oh, totally. Is to make other characters look more straight in comparison yeah. or if it's not being used that way it's being used as the tragic queer yeah um which andromeda either as people with no personality or the tragic queer pretty much yeah which is disappointing based on the way that sexuality is portrayed in their other games which yeah. is not like perfect mm -hmm. but is ahead, no. of the, ahead of the curve in a lot of ways um like dragon age is 
a little bit unprecedented in a lot yeah. of its representations of queer and trans existences. Like, totally, yeah. I think especially the character of Iron Bull is uh, boundary breaking in mm-hmm. a lot of in a lot of ways. Yeah, but he's like big. He's this big butch, excellent Kinari who's also and he's adorable. He's great. And he's a big old. Sweetheart. He's also soft and adorable and wildly pansexual. And he's very open about his pansexuality, mm-hmm. and he's very open about his um like BDSM practices mm-hmm. actually he's uh incredibly like and and your character engages with uh him in a like in a sub dom like relationship mm-hmm. and I think you choose whether you want to be the dom or the sub Incredible. in that relationship which I love very dearly because I do always choose to be the sub in that circumstance um well, yeah obviously yeah. uh however like it's it's actually very healthily dealt with in that game because he's like um, no, I'm capable of, like, taking control or not taking control, but, like, I see that you need somebody to take control, like, in the bedroom because you are being faced with so many difficult decisions in your, in your like, job as the Inquisitor that I think you need a place where, like, somebody else has the reins for a little bit, literally has the reins. That's such a healthy thing. I, and I thought that was so healthy Iron and adorable. Is a true inspiration. It reminds me of uh, Captain Janeway in uh-huh. Star Trek Voyager, I believe, is the one that she's the captain in. Yes. Because she uh, seeks out uh, domineering, domineering partners um, because she is so powerful and in control in all of the circumstances that she, she needs somebody else to... Are you about to cry about Captain Janeway? No. Yes. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's fine. I've been getting very emotional about just random That's things. That's the new gayest thing you've done this week is cry about Captain Janeway. She's just so powerful, but sometimes powerful. she just needs somebody else to like, you know, make her, make her feel, make her feel good. Yes. I'm not laughing at you. I am, but in a loving way. I know this. Um, I think we should probably head towards wrapping up. Yeah, I'm getting pretty sweaty, and I'm in a lot. Sweaty. I'm overdue for my meds, and I'm. Kai's got to take their meds. I've got to get some food, Um, because once again, I haven't eaten before the podcast. Yeah, but I have a lot of strong opinions about this subject, and I feel like this went as well as it could have. Yes. Um. Yeah. So this is a podcast. It is. We promise it's a podcast. Um. And you can find us on social media at Gay Gamers with a Z on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can email us at ifitsgayweplay at gmail.com. You can find us on uh, stickprogprod.com. You can either go to slash ifitsgayweplay or like if you're on the main page, you go to podcasts, uh, you can click on our podcast. You can also listen to the other shows on the network Mm -hmm. uh, like Grandma's House and Encyclopedia. Mm -hmm. All shows about who, what makes people the way that they are. Um, And that's pretty neat. I think it's good to talk about, talk with people and about people and listen to people talk about what makes them, you know, be the way that they are and leads to greater empathy and understanding. Um, And we've got stickers that are also business cards. Um, Hit us up about those. Our dear friend AJ and our fan, uh, we still need to send them some. Yeah. Uh, Send us a very sweet message on Facebook asking if Kai's okay. Sort of. That I haven't replied to. Sort of is the answer. Yeah, I'm sorry, AJ. Yeah, Um, I'm I'm alive. And um, they're and recording this podcast right I now. I am. I'm very delighted that I was able to do this. Uh, it's you did a great it's job. been difficult. Thank you. Um, but also, like, I can perform under any circumstances. Let's That's be true. real. Uh, You're a consummate professional. I'm a. Con- yep. Um, I also want to remind everybody about Orpheus Music Festival. Oh yeah, that's um, happening soon. That's what happening. Are the dates soon. of that again, Aaron. Uh, August 31st and September 1st. August 31st yep. and September, September 1st. 1st. Or- Orpheus <laughs> Music. Yep. First, God Orpheus Music and Arts <laughs> Festival in Glenwood Springs, Colorado. 
um, you can find info. Do you have a website? Is it Orpheus? Orpheusfest.com. Orpheusfest.com. It's got links to tickets and information and where you can find us in press. Uh-huh. Yeah. Please like our Facebook. Like the Facebook. Instagram. Instagram. Follow the Instagram. It's very exciting. They post uh, a lot of really good art on there, and you can see uh, musicians. Like, uh, is Bodie's musician name Bodie? Yes. Last name, his last name. No, it's just Bodie. Uh, Bodie. It's just Bodie. Okay, yeah. so you can see our friend uh, Bodie there. He um has, has had and and Mel is also going to be performing. Mel, who is a as fan of Melic. my as Melik, yeah, yeah, who's a fan of my blog, and I love him very dearly. And he's brought. Aaron's going to be performing. Uh, yes. Yes. Under his secret, secret name. A secret, a secret name. name. Uh, I I do just want to shout out Bodie real quick because he had like that that song like really pop off and like his album went really well and like yeah. he's he's Bodie's doing really well it. for himself. Um, he's um, a sweet boy and he's doing well. And. Uh, one time we we had a very um, really beautiful conversation out on my balcony in my old apartment and I just have cared for him ever since he's a beautiful kind soul yes yes and Mel is just great I love Mel so much everyone's great and Aaron's okay Aaron's great I I love Aaron so much check out Morpheus Music and Arts Fest um, and you know have a nice time. Have a lovely rest of your week. And I, I just thank you all so much for listening to our podcast. Yeah. Uh, keep being gay. Or keep, nope, the other way around. Fuck, Hannah, you That's fucked fuck. it up. I fucked it up. I mean, do that also. But keep being games. Keep playing gay. Yeah. Keep playing gay, keep being games yeah. is the correct order. Yeah. And that's why I was very confused right then. I'm sorry. I it's, fucked up. You know what? And also fuck shit up. And fuck also shit fuck up. shit up. Fuck shit up. Yeah, that's Yeah, you definitely up. can. Uh, definitely do it. so. Let's okay. Go. You go first. Keep playing gay. Keep being games. Fuck shit up. Woo! We love you. We love you. Bye. I don't know if that felt right, but I like it. I liked it. <laughs> Bye. Bye.